She's on the money. She's on the money. <laughs> Welcome to She's on the Money, the podcast for millennials who want financial freedom. My name is Tony Lodge and joining me for another Shop Back Money Diary is Victoria Devine, financial advisor to the stars. Oh my That's gosh, what true. a coinky dink. <laughs> hey, my clients are all stars. Pull oh, your head in. beautiful. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Let's well, do I've a got... money diary, Tony. Yeah, okay, great call. Um, instead of me rattling off your, yeah, your list yeah, of yeah. qualifications, which could and take also, any amount of time. And also my clients, which would be a gross misuse of uh, IP, but yeah. let's jump straight in. Tony, can you read this week's Money Diarist email out? Right. Hi, she's on the money team. I grew up with no financial literacy. Credit cards and loans were encouraged to get what I want. I made poor financial decisions throughout my early 20s, racked up constant debt, credit cards, loans, overpayment from Centrelink. Even my parents told me to consider it an interest-free loan. Ooh and was terrible at paying things off to avoid interest. My priorities were partying, new clothes, and travel, despite spending more money than I made. Cue meeting my partner, reading a basic finance book, and then finding this pod. Yay! (laughs) I now have zero consumer debt. We are in the process of finalizing our first home build with a 20% deposit. I do not own a credit card and now dabbling into investing. I still make bad money choices often, and I am very impulsive with spending sometimes times. I'm especially proud of the fact that I'm now teaching my husband about the basics of investing and how we can set up our financial future. Thank you. She's on the money team. You have really made such a difference in my life. Oh my gosh. I love this money diary. Very sweet. What a wholesome story. I love that. And I think it's so relatable as well because so many people would have gone through this and in the last few years kind of like picked up books or podcasts or started to become financially literate. And I love it. Um, Well, we've got our money diarist on the line, of course, to share her side of the story, even though we've kind of just heard it, but the long version. Yeah, the long version. (laughs) And we get to ask her all the pervy questions, Tony. So Mm -hmm. let's jump straight into it. Money diarist, I am so excited that you are here. But first question is, what is your attitude towards money? I would say my attitude towards money is constantly evolving. I, up until three years ago, it was terrible. I didn't have a clue and I didn't really care about money. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I would say it is good-ish. I am much more aware of what's important around money, but a lot more I need to implement to say that I'm satisfied with how I am with money. Does that make sense? Yes, it totally makes sense. Now, what do you do for work and how much money do you earn? So I am a paediatric ICU nurse, but I work (gasps) within another special niche within that. My base pay is 86,000 per annum, but last financial year I made 102,000 with penalties and overtime. Wow. Get it, girl. Um, And then I also had a bit of a creative side hustle on top of that. um, And I earned about $12,000 with that last year. Oh my gosh. Come on, give us the goss. What is this creative side hustle? (laughs) So I got into photography, um, which I absolutely adore, but doesn't really um, 
merge well with my current job. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, like family, newborn photography. Oh, is, how sweet. Which is a nice balance to what I do day to day. And just like scratch that creative itch as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I love it. And what's the niche in your nursing career? Um, so I transport sick children around the state. So our job is to go um, go wherever in the state is required to collect sick children, stabilize mm-hmm. them and take them to the children's hospital. Oh, wow. that's so yeah. special. It's, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. It's stressful, but so oh, fun it as would well. Be. Oh my gosh, yeah. how fun. All right. Yeah. I have so many questions, but this isn't like open question time. So next question <laughs> is, what is currently your big money goal? Um, our, my big bunny goal, what's shared goal with my husband, I suppose. Um, we are building a house. So we've put deposit on a land outside of the city. Um, so our, our current goal is, is that, which we have our full deposit for, but just kind of saving little bits to Check make you it out. nicer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, investing beyond that, we, um, we want to invest and set up our financial future and make our money work for us. Oh, That's I my next that. big thing. Yeah. I love that so much. So do you currently have any debts? I have about $4,000 owing on my hex, which will be gone once I process my current tax return. Um, but other than that, no, no debts at all. How That's exciting. Yeah. Only $4,000 left on your hex. I imagine it would have been a lot more than that being a nurse. Yeah, it was. After all of my postgraduate studies, it kind of bumped up quite a bit but yeah. um yeah it's nearly all gone so that's really exciting oh congratulations yeah, that's that awesome. is so good how exciting next question do you currently have any investments yes not much so I currently invest five dollars a day into Ray's which oh. thank you Ryan John I started <laughs> coffee the coffee I, yeah so I was spending a lot of money on coffee before um so now I put five dollars a day still treat myself every couple of days but not every day but it adds up um, quickly hey it does so I started at the start of June and I have about six hundred dollars in there now which is crazy six hundred dollars um, since June yeah, so I, I think I put 100 or 150 in initially and then just I did my started. five Just to get started? Yeah, just to make it Just to make it, just to make it feel comfy. Yeah, no, we've all been there. I've done that before yeah. as well. I'm like, oh, like I'm opening this like micro-investing platform, but I also don't want to start with just $5. Like I just bump it up a little bit. It's cheeky, yeah. but it makes you feel more motivated. <laughs> it does. And, and looking at that number definitely helps me. Um, and then I have got a, um, another account which has no investments, but I plan to do it very soon. Oh, Ooh. exciting. Yeah. How did you decide to make that decision? Like how did you decide what platform or how you were going to set yourself up? I, I've been doing a lot of research. Um, I still don't know if I'm making all of the right choices with it, um, but I've just I've done a lot of reading and understanding what brokerage and what like investing means as a whole and that's helped reading has definitely helped me but I still don't feel 100% that I'm making the right choices all of the time but I'm getting there oh my gosh we've (laughs) all been there but speaking of right choices next question is do you use shop back when shopping online I do now so I've only just opened my account. I actually used the code but forgot to spend the money before it expired. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but money I think I've lost. earned about $20 in Shopback. Um, but I am becoming more conscious of 
of looking at things through there now. All right. <laughs> next question is what is your best money habit? I think my best money habit has been talking to my husband about money um, and implementing my various bank accounts to divvy up what I need to pay for and what I need to save. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest thing has actually been sharing my savings account with my husband because it's making me accountable, which I wasn't very good at doing that myself. So having merged that, I don't just go in there all the time and take little bits out because I'm really conscious of it. He of can see it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's probably that. my best habit because I haven't got good self-control. So I think sharing <laughs> has helped. Accountability partners are really important because if you're one of those people that sneaks money out of savings accounts, if you know somebody else can see it, you are much less likely to dip in and dip out and you're more likely to think about the decision before you make it, which some of us don't need. But if you do, and I do, I think it's really helpful. And that doesn't just have to be your partner. It could be like telling Tony, like, hey, Tony, I've got X amount in my savings account. Um, can you check in on me? Because I think I'm going to dip into it. And Tony can be like, Victoria, what have you done? Um, <laughs> yeah. And I used to do that with my old housemate because I used to be really cheeky with my savings. I mean, I was still cheeky, but like not as bad, you know? It was just a helpful <laughs> top tip. All right. Speaking of good money habits, there's always the opposite of good money habits. And that is your worst money habit. So what is your worst money habit? Uh, impulsive. Impulsivity. I am very impulsive with my money. I can spend money at the drop of a hat, particularly on night shift. Um, I, yeah, absolutely that. Because I still, even though I have done so well to save what I have, I still spend recklessly nowhere near as much but I still spend a lot <laughs> but it seems like um from from the brief amount we know about you from your money diary entry um it seems like you've come such a long way in terms of your attitude to money given like growing up you were like it was encouraged to put things on a credit card and if that's all your parents know that's all then you know because you don't have anyone else teaching you anything different. So I think that even though you might spend a little bit recklessly, which you think you can kind of rein in a little bit, it seems like you've come so far from the position you could be in. Imagine if you hadn't done anything about how reckless you've been in the past, you wouldn't have saved such a huge deposit for a house. Like you and your husband wouldn't have such a healthy relationship around money together and all of those things. So even though it feels like you always need to do better, you're doing pretty bloody well. <laughs> I think you're doing so well. And when we Thank get you. to the part where I can ask you lots of questions, I want to ask all about that. But lucky last question of the set of questions we always ask is what grade would you give yourself if we forced you to give yourself a money grade? I would give myself a B minus. I, it, it's a harsh grade, but there's just, I feel there's so much room for growth. There's so much more I can implement that's going to help us later. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm pretty confident in the B minus. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think that's really important to be able to see where you're at and see where you're going. Would you have said that you're a B minus three years ago? No, I was a D. <laughs> I was beyond that. <laughs> I was atrocious. I was not good with money. But we've grown. I love that you know that you've grown as well. And I think that so many times people just don't have the ability to reflect on what they have gone through and where they are now. And I think mm -hmm. that's really special, especially to have a laugh about it. Be like, oh, I was a D, but now I'm a B minus. And yeah, that's really special. Thank you. Yeah, I'm proud of it. <laughs> 
I love it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> all right, I want to ask you all about how you got from a D to a B, but I'll do that in a minute. All right, Money Diarist, I have loved listening to your questions, but I want to start with how you've done it and how you got to this point. You said a few years ago you weren't so good at money and then you picked up a book and obviously have fallen into the She's on the Money community, which I'm really grateful for. But what book did you pick up? How did you begin this journey and what made you want to pick that book up? Because money is something that not many of us actually like talking about. So taking the first step is really overwhelming, but like, How'd you get to that point? So I distinctly remember it was about four months into my new relationship with my now husband and we're sitting out on his balcony having a drink. And I don't know how we got into the topic of money, but he somehow mentioned that he had a healthy savings. And I was like, oh yeah. That's attractive. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. And so he never said like a, a figure, but indicated that it was you know, around almost six figures healthy. Nice. Um, That was him trying to lock you down. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I wasn't very honest in that conversation. I just, I was just overwhelmed and said, Oh yeah, I I have savings too. And I think I had about a thousand dollars, which was going towards my next holiday. That's still Um, savings. (laughs) So I, it was around the time Barefoot Investor came out and there was a lot of discussion happening around that, which I wasn't really interested in until I'd had that conversation with my husband. Um, so I read that. Well, I didn't read the whole thing. I still haven't. But I, <laughs> I, read, I, think I read the first couple of chapters about creating um, various bank accounts and, you know, looking into your super and is it working for you? Um, and not having a credit card. So as soon as I had read those two, two or three chapters, I cut up my credit card um, and I made a promise to myself that I was going to pay that off first and then start dividing my money accordingly. So that's what I did and I managed to get into a really good place with that. I love that. Three chapters of The Barefoot Investor. My book can't do it that quickly, guys. Sorry. (laughs) It might have been more. I can't recall. I just remember I read enough to know those things and then I didn't go beyond that. (laughs) You're like, I don't need to know the rest. Thanks, though. Yeah, probably should have. Maybe I would understand more (laughs) of investing. But I I didn't feel ready to learn about investing, so I I didn't go into that. Yeah. Did you find it a bit confronting given your whole life, you know, the things that your parents had taught you were almost the opposite of what you were reading? You're like, hang on, something's amiss here. This isn't what I know. It actually made me feel quite angry. Um, I just, I I felt like I'd been cheated that whole important, well, not cheated, but you know, there's there's so much importance around money and what it does for you for your whole life. And I just felt like I didn't, I didn't learn any of that at home. And I certainly didn't learn any of that at school, which they should. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I just felt really mad that I just wasn't aware of interest rates. I remember having a credit card and I'm pretty sure the interest was about 15% or something. And I never paid that off on time. And I never knew, I never thought about the implications of that, which is just, it just made me so furious that it had taken me that long to get to a point where I understood yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not uncommon, unfortunately, the amount of people that I speak to, I'm like, okay, cool. So you've got a credit card. What's the interest rate on that? And they're like, oh, I, I don't know. I've got no idea. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, like I just got the one that my girlfriend had, or I just got the one that my bank had. Like, you know, it's a credit card. And you're like, 
there's a difference. Like there's a massive mm. difference between paying 15% like you had and some credit cards go all the way up to 24%. Like what? And you don't Which know. Which is a lot. Yeah. And it, mm. it baffles me, but it also makes a lot of sense because if you've never learned, why would you know? Like a credit card's a tool. Like as you get older, we open bank accounts, you get a credit card, right? Like those two things go hand in hand. How old were you when you got your first credit card? 19. So I'd moved away from home, quite a few hours away from home. Um, and I wasn't earning a great deal. And so I got a credit card because that meant I could still do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Or so I thought. Well, I did, but then I had the debt. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you, like, was it a really easy process to apply? And do you remember what mm-hmm. the limit on that credit card was? It was only 1800 or 2000 I never went with a high limit. Um, but it, no, it was very easy. I got it instantly, yeah. which is scary. It's a slippery slope as well because you look at it and so many times I meet people and I speak to people who are in debt or who do have a credit card and they're like, yeah, but it's such a low limit. Like it's only two grand. It'd be really easy to pay that back off. But Money Diarist, I'm assuming when you first moved out of home and away, $2,000 out of a monthly paycheck would have been a very significant chunk, right? Like we're not talking, oh, okay, no problems. I'll just pay that off and I still have 99% of my salary left, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, I was only earning about $500 a week, um, work, like bartending around you. So that was your entire monthly salary that you mm-hmm. were borrowing, which I think is important to put in context as well because too many times do we say, oh, it's not that high of a limit. And you're like, yeah, but that's your entire monthly salary. Like Mm -hmm. that would require significant sacrifice to pay off all in one month, right? And Mm -hmm. I would argue that that was impossible for you or is that? Yeah. Yeah. And I never did it and I also never made it a priority because I didn't think about it. Yeah. So so growing up, what – I just have so many questions. I'm sorry. (laughs) So growing up, is this something that you saw your parents doing? Is this something that was encouraged? Like, do you think that this has been ingrained or was it just a lack of knowing and a lack of education? Or is this something that you just grew up with and knew that debt was easy? Or yeah, what did that look like for you? I think it's a a combination of the both. Um, I grew up, we didn't talk about money really. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know mum put everything on her credit card. You know, we went shopping for clothes, we went grocery shopping. She talked about buying things. It was like, yeah, I'll just put it on the credit card. I'll just put it on the credit card. And never really talked about the ramifications of that. Um, So I never thought any differently. So when I got a credit card, I was like, yeah, I'll just put it on the credit card. I want a new dress. I'll just put it on the credit card. And and yeah, so I, I, I kind of learnt those habits and then developed those habits some more as I as I was away from home. Yeah. And I think that that's one of those things where we just don't realize how ingrained it is to just go, yeah, well, that's normal. Whereas Mm -hmm. we might speak to people whose parents had just never had a credit card and they might not have even discussed it, but they're still scared of them. They're like, oh yeah, but they're kind of like the unknown. So you got comfortable Mm. with them just purely by exposure, not even someone saying that this is good or this is bad. You've just seen them around, so therefore you are comfortable with them. Mm -hmm. My next question goes back. You said at the time he was, I'm assuming, your boyfriend, maybe not your boyfriend yet because it had only been four months, but you were probably telling your girlfriends that he was your boyfriend. Um, (laughs) You started having money conversations about savings and you mentioned in the first part of our chat that that kind of made you uncomfortable and maybe you weren't super truthful in that conversation. 
How did you start having positive money conversations with your partner? Because you've gone from saying, okay, cool. Like I've got this really great relationship. I'm open about my savings with my partner, but at the beginning I wasn't. How do we all learn from you and take those (laughs) steps from maybe not being super truthful about how much savings we have all the way through to having that partner be really helpful on our journey? I think obviously talking about it in the first instance was the catalyst for me, but I think moving in together, having some shared expenses and then as a couple having bigger and bigger goals. um, And I think that started changing how I viewed money in our relationship. I'm also quite fiercely independent and I wanted to get a house and we wanted to build a house or buy a house. And I wanted to contribute a good chunk and be like, yes, I did that. Like I made a, I made a difference in this. Um, and so I guess that stubborn side of me also helped that along. Um, but I think it was, it was moving in together. It was having shared accounts. It was having the shared goals um, and then wanting to be an equal in that. Yeah. And also kind of having nowhere to hide in that instance, kind of being like, okay, we're really committing to each other now, we're moving in together, this is a safe space, when some people don't ever experience that, you know, safe space with their partner to be honest about it, which is when, you know, debt kind of snowballs out of control, which, you know, we've seen on Money Diaries before, and I think it's just really great that instead of feeling confronted by what your um, now husband was saying, you were kind of like, okay, this is like the kick in the bottom that I needed to make sure that I am really taking control of, of my money. And even though I don't have any prior knowledge, I'm going to, I'm going to read the first three chapters of this book. (laughs) And I love that. And I think it's a really good example that you actually don't need to dive in boots and all. You don't need to read every single finance book out there. In fact, it only takes the first three chapters of the Barefoot Investor, guys. Like you don't even (laughs) need to do that much, but it's all about being open to learning and wanting to change. And I guess Mm -hmm. that's what I'm getting out of this. Like you've come from a money story that you weren't super proud of and you wanted to change and you changed it. But I'm sure that maybe like two years before changing your money story, you didn't know you wanted to change it. It was just really normal. And I think that we all get at some point slapped with a catalyst that goes, oh, I want to change and I don't know where to start. And hopefully Mm -hmm. the She's on the Money community can be a safe place to land and learn about those things and know that we're not all on the same page yet, but we're all in the same book. So we'll get there at some point. And I'm really, really proud that you've changed it and you seem so positive about it and I love it, but it's so relatable. And I think that's why I was so excited to hear your money diary. Like when Tony read out the letter, I was like, yes, like it's time we had one that 99% of our community can go. Yeah, that's me. Cause it was <laughs> me as well. Like I remember being in uni and finishing uni and getting my first grad job. And I remember thinking I was earning so much money. Like I was making, according to Victoria Divine at 22 bank, but in reality <laughs> I was earning minimum wage um, and I was in a grad role, but I went and got a credit card and exactly the same as you, my first credit card's limit was $2,000 and it just snowballed from there. And then I ended up wanting to do some further study and study overseas and I needed to take personal loan out because I definitely didn't have savings to be able to afford that. And then came the personal loan. And from there, it kind of just went from strength to strength. And, you know, 
in the same way that I harp on about investing being a good thing because of compounding interest, if you look at a compound interest graph and how attractive that is, and I've shared a lot of them, so it's not hard to find one, <laughs> take that, flip it upside down. That's how debt works. It compounds like any interest rate compounds in exactly the same way that investments do but we don't pay attention and we just don't see it that way and we don't see how scary that can be. And the longer you leave it, the harder it is to pay off. And I don't think that people understand that. And I definitely didn't, which is why I ended up in such a pickle. But Mm -hmm. now I'm grateful that I'm in the position I'm in and I'm obviously not in that money story or mind frame anymore. And I do have, I would say, a really good money story. I mean, if you ask Tony, maybe I am really good at online shopping and also (laughs) not eating lunch in the office. But... I'm working on it and I'm working on it with the community and I'm so, so, so grateful that you're a part of it because you're one of those people that is the positive cheerleader for everybody else in our community just growing and doing their own thing and finding their own way because we all have a money story and I think that's, yeah, that's so special. It really is and I just hope that this gives somebody that little bit of inspiration to start because it was so it was so simple for me. I, I implemented small changes and all of a sudden... Look at that glow up. You know, three, yeah, yeah. It just blows my mind because it felt so slow going. <laughs> I love but it. it. Do, but it does feel really slow going and the same as you guys fell into that credit card hole at like 21 because I moved out of home and I was living with my boyfriend and I felt invincible and And, you know, it was not very long ago that I realized, you know, a thousand dollars isn't a lot of money to have, but it's a lot of money to owe. Yes. Yeah. But it's one of those things you think, oh, a thousand dollars is not that much, but it's it, it turns is. into a lot. I'm yep. going to put that quote on a little inspo board and chuck it on the gram, Tony. See how many Please likes tag me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need that I'll on my fridge. Full credit. <laughs> we can put it on our money dice fridge. We can make stickers yes. with it. We can make like phone <laughs> backgrounds. It's inspirational. I finally made it, guys. Oh my I have gosh. an inspirational quote. I love that. <laughs> I haven't even read the first three chapters of The Barefoot Investor and look at oh, me go. Look at her grow. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Money Diarist. I feel like this story has been a really positive, happy one that we can all learn from, but also all relate to because I've been there. You've obviously been there. Tony, she's got her quote about the thousand dollars. And I just feel like it's one of those ones where you go, just start. Like starting doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be doing a course in personal finance. It could be just picking up the book and reading the first chapter and seeing how you feel about it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I hope that more people do that. I'm sure more people will do that because you shared this with us. So thank you so much. No, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much again. But as always, just before we head off, we'd like to acknowledge and pay respect to Australia's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They're the traditional custodians of the lands, the waterways and the skies all across Australia. We thank you for sharing and for caring for the land on which we are able to learn. We pay our respects to elders past and present and we share our friendship and our kindness. The advice shared on She's on the Money is generally nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. She's on the Money exists purely for educational purposes and should not be relied 
upon to make an investment or any financial decision. And we promise that Victoria Divine is an authorised representative of Australia Pacific Funds Management, Proprietary Limited, ABN 34132463257, AFSL 339151. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.